And selecting a book to begin in December for our Sunday morning studies together, I chose the book of Hebrews in part because I felt it would lend itself well to the Christmas season. You know, Hebrews begins by making it clear that in the coming of Jesus, God's final word has been spoken. And then it proceeds to remind us that the one whose birth was heralded by angels is vastly superior to angels. When we get to chapter 2, we are warned of the need to pay close attention to the great salvation that has been provided for us through Christ. And I thought that would make a very appropriate message for Christmas morning. What I hadn't anticipated was the fact that giving the first four verses of chapter 2 the attention they deserve would require a longer sermon than most would appreciate while waiting to open their Christmas presents. But rather than abandon the text, which you know is very hard for me to do, I decided to give you a brief Christmas message based on the text this week and then return to it next week to give it the study that it rightfully deserves. So as you no doubt expected, we're going to continue our study in Hebrews this morning by at least looking at Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. For this reason... We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also bearing witness with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. I thought about entitling this message, Christmas Warning but decided that might seem just a little harsh. We do, however, find three warnings in this passage, and we are going to allow them to be the focus of our Christmas message. Through Christ, we have been given a great salvation, and our author insists that we pay attention to it, warning us not to drift away from it, nor neglect it. And since we're admonished to pay attention to the great salvation given to us through the coming of Christ, it behooves us to look at it again this morning. And while we love the familiarity of the story, hearing it from the message might cause us to pay closer attention to it than usual. God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. 
God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. Be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son old as she is? Everyone called her barren, and here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing, you see, is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. Then the angel left her. The story continues nine months later. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is met for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you are to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheepherders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left, running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. 
Now, not only did Mary keep these things to herself, she openly celebrated the good news she had heard. Immediately after hearing what the angel had to say to her, she went to be with Elizabeth and declared, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. Mary never did forget what God had done for her. How could she? But many today have forgotten what God has done for them. How could they? They drifted away from it. The author of Hebrews warns us not to drift away from the good news we have heard. But still, many do. And some not only drift away, they fall away. He will warn us of the danger of falling away in chapter 6. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift, and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance, since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put Him to open shame. Whether someone passively drifts away or actively falls away from the great salvation they've been given, the results are the same. By failing to remember the sacrifice of their crucified Lord, they nail him back on the cross. No one will escape the condemnation they deserve if they neglect the great salvation they've been given. To keep that from happening, our author will tell us in the 10th chapter how to avoid losing what Christ came to earth to give us. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. When I was a boy, I was told if I wanted to be as strong as Popeye, I would have to eat my spinach. And if you want your faith to be strong, you're going to have to remember your lettuce. 
Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Let us consider. I trust you remember that. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Let us consider. And we do all three when we gather together in worship. That's why it's essential that we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. That's why we meet together every Lord's Day, including Christmas Sunday. And that's why we meet around the Lord's table every Sunday. With the coming of Christ, we've been given a salvation great enough to save us forever. But it can only save us if we pay attention to it, not drift away from it, and never neglect it. It's my prayer that you not only know the joy he came to give today, but that you will know that joy for all eternity. Let's stand and sing. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. Heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nation prove the glories of His righteousness. Wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders wonders of his love. Father, indeed, you've given to us a joy that will last for all eternity if we simply embrace it and hold it close and never, never forget the gift you've given to us in Christ. It's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. As I mentioned, each Lord's Day, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus came to offer by meeting around symbols of his body and blood. As we prepare for this celebration again this Lord's Day, let's be singing, O Little Town of Bethlehem. town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie, above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by, yet in thy dark street shineth 
the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas. He was born in a stable 2,000 years ago. His mother's name Mary, his dad God, and man named Joe. Humble beginnings from the very start, little did we know he would end up living in our hearts. Angels led the shepherds, wise men follow a star, to worship our king who soon would travel afar. Herod didn't want anyone taking his throne so they went to Egypt until an angel sent them home. From the home to the temple when he was a child, he stayed back to learn of his father, getting his mom all worried and riled. At the age of 30, into his ministry he'd had delve. He would not go alone, but decided on 12. He turned water to wine. He made blind people see. The lame they would walk. He was hoping all would believe. Miracles were plenty. Parables were too. The wide way chose many. The narrow chose few. He walked on its surface. He could calm it with the motion of his hand. But most of all, he wants you immersed in it to obey his command. <laughs> 